Good morning. <clears throat> um, elementary students, if you are not gone and want to go, you are free to go to the classroom back there. If not, you're welcome to stay in here too. Everybody hanging in there this morning? Hopefully you're doing better than just hanging in there. Uh, my name is Jeremy, one of the, the elders here at Heritage Fellowship. <clears throat> it's uh, coming off of uh, missing last week and, and being back with you guys. I, I realize just, just in the midst of, of one week, just not being here and worshiping with you guys, how much, um, how much it's needed in my heart and in my soul just to gather as, as the body and worship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, as many of you know that my wife's grandmother, who's been battling uh, dementia for several years now, passed away uh, last Thursday, and we had her funeral last Sunday, and it was, it was just a really uh, sweet and celebratory time. It, it really was. I, I was not, um, not completely prepared to be asked to, to do her service, but it, was, um, it ended up being really good, and uh, I, I was honored. To, to be able to do that, so that's why we weren't here last week. Um, but we have been in a in a series um, on the fruit of the spirit and just the idea of what it what it means to put on the new. We we came out of a series um, where called necessary sins, where we were talking a lot about putting off the old and what it means to put off the old um, and 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 take seriously the sin that is in our life and is is that we're constantly in battle with. And some of those things we we tend to, to brush off to the side and sweep under the rug. And uh, so we, we, want, we wanted to point out how to do battle with those things. And then we wanted to walk into this season of what it truly looks like to put on the new. And the fruit of the Spirit passage is, is what we're supposed to be as followers of Christ. It's, it's what um, God has given us access to through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And, and as we are following Him, these things, the fruit of the Spirit... That are found in Galatians. Um, they're supposed to be uh, continuing to, to, to unravel in our life and, and come to the surface and come to life. And, and we're meant to find joy in those things. Um, so, so taking off the old, now we're putting on the new. Uh, we've talked about through this series that, that uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness... And as you go down the list, that we started with love and we wanted to, to really frame this series through the lens that, that love, um, in, in some translations it can be read love, semicolon, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and on down the line. Uh, we wanted to really frame this series in understanding that love is the, um, is the Defining love is what all of these other fruits of the Spirit actually do. And what it means, because we can throw love around really loosely, right? We can say, I love you, love, love, love. We live in a loving culture where we love everybody. And all those things can be thrown around very loosely. But, but what we find out through reading Scripture is love takes on kind of a different stance than what our culture takes on sometimes. And uh, so, so as we march through these things, we wanted to be sure that we painted that picture that that love is a, is a lens in which we view the rest of the fruit of the Spirit through. And we are on faithful, faithfulness today. I'll be marching through some scriptures, but at the very end I'll be in Hebrews. Uh, I'll spend a little bit of time in Hebrews 12, chapter 2, and then I'll spend the last portion of the message in Hebrews 10. So if you want to find that in your copy of God's Word, 
Uh, you can kind of sit there unless you want to dig through as I go. But before we get there, let's, uh, we've also been reciting this verse together as a body um, as we've been marching through this. So let's do that together. Ready? His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted to us His precious and very promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Let's pray. God, it is our desire to, um, it is our desire to partake in the divine nature that you have offered us. Lord, if, if, if that is not what we are after as Christians, then it, it's really not worth it. We will never find joy in this life. Lord, we will be uh, people who are just going through the motions. But when we begin to partake in, in uh, the truth that you have given us and the truth that you have offered us through your son Jesus, we begin to find life and we begin to find life abundantly as your word describes. Lord, let us be people that, that, that die to ourselves in order to find the abundant life. Uh, God, we, we know that your word calls us uh, forward in so much. Lord, just help us to take small steps as we journey towards you today. We love you and we ask that you move by the power of your Holy Spirit. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, faithfulness. Um, faithfulness is defined as uh, true to one's word, uh, promise, true to one's promise, true to vows, true, to, true and loyal, uh, constant and reliable. That's what faithfulness uh, is defined as in Scripture. All those words kind of come out in one way or other as you go through Scripture and see the word faithfulness used and then go back and read how it's defined. It's another tough one. It's another tough one because we live in such an overscheduled, non-committal world, right? That is the, uh, the culture that we live in. It's very easy to overschedule ourselves, and it's very easy just to not commit to things because we overschedule ourselves, right? So we just end up not committing to anything, not giving our life to anything that, that is worthwhile, right? But faithfulness calls us to be true to our word true to our promises, to be loyal, to be constant, to be reliable. And as we dive into this, I, I just want you to, to really just sit back and understand um, that faithfulness is something that, that we can only obtain because of who God is, right? And that goes with all of these, the, the fruit of the Spirit, but, but I, I, I want you to remember that as we journey through this um, particular fruit of the Spirit. Um, it's faithfulness is referenced over 60 times in Scripture. 36 times God is referenced as being faithful in Scripture. 36 different times, right? And, and probably more, but I went through and tried to, you know, to the best of my knowledge, to the best of my ability, tried to point that out. Right? God is called faithful over 36 times throughout Scripture. Well, before we talk about faithfulness and get into all of the things that we want to be or the lack thereof that we are, right? Uh, we are either trying to be faithful or we're, we're, we're struggling with it. Let's look at, at who God is and, and His faithfulness 
to us because only then can we really begin to understand why it's important when we see his faithfulness and our dependence on his faithfulness we begin to get an understanding of why he calls us to be faithful in a lost and broken world Romans 8 28 it's a truth that many of us have heard before and we have cited it in many different times especially when things are going bad in our life and we're, we're in this season of struggle it says that we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. In a nutshell, it's saying what Paul is saying there is that God is faithful. No matter what is going on in your life, God is faithful. He is the only one that can, that can be called faithful. He is the only one that can be nothing but faithful. Right? And He's... And, and I think it's interesting there, it says, for those who are called according to what? His purpose, right? So as we walk according to His purpose, we can rely on Him being faithful no matter what comes across our path, right? That's a, that's a promise that you need to take to the heart today. You need to file that in your bank, and you need to start living in that truth. Each and every one of you, myself included, right? But it is Him. It is a truth that we can build our lives upon. When we talk about God's faithfulness, we also have to look at 1 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9 because God is faithful in salvation, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Let's see. <laughs> You're making me work for it this morning. I'm waiting on y'all, but I'm trying to act like I'm doing something while I'm waiting on y'all. <laughs> I want y'all to be able to see it, so really I ain't waiting. First Corinthians 1, chapter 8 and 9. <laughs> oh, man. I love this. Who will sustain you at the end of... At the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful to save you. Right? God is faithful to have saved you. You've heard me reference this before, that salvation kind of comes in a past, present, and futuristic way, right? As we read Scripture. That God has saved you from your sin, right? He is saving you currently. We just sang about that. The resurrecting God is resurrecting me, right? The resurrected God is resurrecting me. And He will, His promise to save us, ultimately, will come, right? As, as finality comes to this, this life and this world that we live in. So God is faithful in salvation. God is faithful in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23 for sanctification. I love you guys. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely... And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now may the God of peace himself, right? May the God of peace himself sanctify you. Whose job is it to sanctify you? God's, right? Always and forever. 
You can rely on that. You can take that to the bank. That God is faithful in making you whole. That's what sanctification means, right? It's a process in which we go through, in which we are being made whole. And sanctification is taking place, and God is faithful in that. 1 John 1 and 9 that says that God is faithful in the forgiveness of sin. Right? And we need that because we're all sinners. Every one of us. If we confess our sins, He is what? Faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can deposit that. God is faithful to forgive you. God is faithful to deliver us in temptations. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. That should encourage your heart this morning. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to every one of us. Right? You're in good company, he's saying. God is what? Faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But, always, you always need to read that but. But, with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape. Who will provide the way of escape? God will provide the way of escape. You, you can't dig yourself out of a hole. It can't happen. You are not powerful enough. You are not faithful enough. But God is. That you may be able to endure it. Right? He will provide a way out so that you can endure what's going on. And he promises in 1 Peter 4 and 19. He's faithful to the deliverance in times of, of suffering. It says, therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. It's a call to, for us to entrust ourselves as we suffer, as we endure, as we struggle this side of heaven to put our trust in the creator of all the universe. Right? That is the call of the scripture. God is faithful in all these things. And finally, in Revelation 22, it's a promise that he is faithful to come again. And I'll, I won't, you can go back and read that one. It's Revelation 22, 6, if you want to read it. Or it's probably up there. But you can glance over it real quick. Right? God never calls us. The reason I want you to understand about God's faithfulness is because God never calls us to anything that he, he never calls us to be anything that he is not. Right? God will never call you to be anything that He is not. Right? Because we all know if we've lived or worked in any kind of environment that any kind of leader right, that calls us to do things that they're not willing to do themselves, it's kind of difficult to, to work for them. Right? It becomes difficult. But God will never do that because God is the ultimate leader. God calls us to be what He is. He is faithful. Right? He never calls us to something that He can't provide for us. And He's done that in the realm of faithfulness through the person and work of Jesus Christ. As we discuss faithfulness over the next few minutes, I won't keep you very long, but as we discuss faithfulness over the next few minutes, I want you to remember He who is faithful. That's the only thing that I want you to take away from today. That because He is faithful, I therefore can be faithful. Because of who Jesus is. If you don't take anything else away from today, take that with you. Because He is faithful, I, through the person and work of Jesus Christ and His power and His Spirit living inside of me, I can be faithful. Right? 
So here's the big question. Do these words define your life? What words? Loyal, constant, reliable, keeps promises. Can, that be, can those things be said about you? And I'm not doing this to beat anybody up or to beat you up, right? But any time we read the scripture, it should hurt us a little bit. Because we're all broken and we're all fallen and we all fall short of the glory of God. And we're in the process of sanctification. Being made whole, right? So anytime we read this, we should say, ah, we've got to ask ourselves some questions here. And we've got to begin to allow this to change this, to change this, and to change this. The way that we think, the way that we live, the way that we act, right? Loyal, constant, reliable. Are those things something that can be said about you? For those that struggle with answering yes, like myself at times, let me try to unpack the greatest rival, I believe, in our day and age, in our time, that we are battling with when it comes to faithfulness. Successful, faithful. Right? Our world paints a picture of what it means to be successful. Right? The Scripture, on the other hand, tells us what success looks like. It looks way different than the world paints the picture of it being. Right? Success and faithful are two different things. And success often comes into direct confrontation with faithful. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing. You can, you can take that and relate it to marriage. You can take that and relate it to school. You can take that and relate it to athletics in school. You can take that and relate it to your job. You can take that and relate it to church world. You can take that and relate it to, to parenting. Right? What does it mean to be successful and what does it mean to be faithful? How do those two things collide and how are they supposed to operate hand in hand? That's what I want to help you unpack today because all of those things are useful things, right? We all want to be successful people, but how do we define success? Our definition of success will hinder or help our faithfulness, right? Seven years ago, we embarked on a journey called Heritage Fellowship. We're going we're gonna to jump into, in, in the near future, I don't know exactly when it will be, but we're going to go back through and, and revisit vision, mission, values, and who we are as a body of Christ in the near future. But, but I just want to unpack a little bit today. Um, seven years ago, we embarked on a journey, right? And we, Meredith and I uh, left our home in North Carolina and the church that, that we were part of, just the launch team up there helping start, and things were really good in our life. My wife had a really great job. And, and we decided that God had called us to Clinton, South Carolina to plant a church. So, so we embarked on this journey together. And I remember there, were, there was a pastor and his wife at the church that we were a part of. One of the, first thing, or one of the things that, that he said to us and they said to us together as a married couple was um, in, in relation to going and planting a church was the, the, Jeff and Mandy Marburger said, stay faithful. And at that point in time, I was like, awesome. Yeah, thank you for that. I really appreciate those words. And, you know, it's, right now it's pretty easy to be faithful because I'm excited, right? I'm excited about what's going on. I'm excited about what the Lord has in store for us in this new adventure that we're going on, right? But many times over the past seven years, many times I have had the thought cross my mind that what good 
is it to be faithful if it doesn't result in successful? Ooh. Ooh. Now, don't get too scared because I don't want y'all hearing me say things that I'm not saying. But I'm telling you through my transparency and through the, the Lord working in my life what I have learned about faithfulness versus successfulness. And that's all I can do. That's the only thing I know to do, right? As a, as a person, the only thing I can do is share some of my life with you and help you understand how God has helped remake my mind and remake my heart and change me. So what good is it to be faithful if it doesn't result in successful? Right? My idea of success, to be honest with you, was we would come and we would plant a church. Right? And it would grow, and it would, I would become the pastor, right? I didn't really have, like, all this ambition of being, like, lead pastor and all those things. Like, that, that wasn't my ambition. But I think deep down in my soul, I felt like I would come, and I would be the, the, a pastor of a church, and it would be the income that was needed for my family. And all of the, those things would, would begin to play out as I um, journeyed along this journey with God. And that, in my mind, became my idea of success. Whether or not I would be successful or not depended upon whether all these things fell in place like I had planted in the back of my mind. Right? And all those things are not wrong things. Don't hear me say that. But my idea of success was different than what God had in, in, in mind of success for Heritage Fellowship. And over the years, I have learned that in many, many different ways. See, my dreams were not God's dreams. Do we have a full-time pastor here? Yes. Is it Jeremy? No. But, but in my mind, that was what success would become, is I would be a full-time pastor, and we'd have a church, and it would be doing all of these crazy big things, right? For the sake of the kingdom of God. Are we doing awesome things? Absolutely. Are we doing the things that I wanted, that I thought we would be doing at the beginning of this? No. Why? Because God is directing the path of Heritage Fellowship, and Jeremy is not. And that is why I love being here. That's why I love being surrounded by you people. That's why I love journeying with every one of you. And here's where we have to begin to answer the question in order for us to, to, to define faithfulness in our mind and what it looks like and, and realize how we can go to war with this idea of success, right? Success, a lot of times, is viewed as an outcome, right? But the way that Scripture defines success is that it is a byproduct of faithfulness, you understand what I'm saying? So, so if we put our eyes on the mark, if I'm right here and I'm shooting an arrow and success is something that I have on the wall and I'm trying to hit that, that mark, right? It is an outcome in which I am reaching for and I am aiming at, right? But what if faithfulness was that mark on the wall? What if day in, day out, dying to myself was that mark on the wall? What if the outcome was not success, what if the outcome was faithfulness and success was a byproduct of faithfulness? Long, enduring, gritty faithfulness. Right? 
And I think sometimes that is what gets in our way and stops us from being faithful over the long haul. Because whenever things get hard in your marriage, what is it? It's easy to say, I could, this could be easier in another route, right? I could, I, could, I could take a different route and I could go another way and things would be better, right? Whenever things are not going well with this idea of what the Scripture says about parenting my kids, whenever they're not acting the way that they're supposed to, Right? And they're not doing the things that, that they're supposed to do whenever I'm doing the things that I'm supposed to do. It's easier just to fly off the handle and change that in the circumstances that you find yourself in instead of just long, hard, gritty faithfulness. We want to change our circumstances now and we don't want to rely on the God who is faithful and can't be anything but faithful to change us in the midst of changing the world for the sake of His kingdom and His glory. Right? It's the truth. Success is a byproduct you, a lot of you have been around Heritage for a while have heard me say this. Others have not. But I, whenever we talk about the church and we talk about what it looks like to plant a church and to grow a church, right? one of the things that I've always said over, over the years and still believe it to this day that, if, that if, we, if we set out to plant a church, then we won't always get disciples or make disciples. right? But if we set out to make disciples, we will always get the church. Right? If we, if we set our eyes on planning a church, we may gather people in a building and we may do a lot of cool things, but will we get full-fledged, fully devoted, dying to self, disciples of Christ? Not always. If we set out with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul to make disciples who are constantly dying to themselves, to, who are constantly making choices differently because of Jesus living in them, if that is what we are pushing each other towards and holding each other accountable to day in and day out, the church will always be born. Right? Over and over again it will be born. Constantly. And I believe that we can use that same terminology whenever we talk about faithfulness. That if you set out to find success, you won't always be faithful. But if you set out to be faithful in what God has called you to and obedient for the long haul, success will always come. It might be, not be the way that you define success in here, but it is the way that God defines success in here. This is what we're going after. God's success, not our success. Right? Hebrews 12.2 Jesus' faithfulness. Right? It's easy to, to sit around and talk about it. Hebrews 12.2 says this. It's easy to sit around and talk about faithfulness. But what about when it gets hard? The writer of Hebrews says, As you look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Why did Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, endure the cross? Why was He faithful to death on a cross? Because to the world and to all the people around Him, success was not what they were seeing in that moment. Right? He came, He proclaimed a message, and He went to the cross and He died for it. And everybody around, most people were going, what in the, including the disciples, those that were close to Him, we're sitting around going, oh my gosh. 
what the heck happened? I thought this was the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I thought He was the King of the Jews. I thought He came to reign and bring and establish the Kingdom of Heaven on earth. But what? He died and endured the cross. Why? Because He was faithful and obedient to the cross. And what did faithfulness lead Him to? Death on a cross. Not success from the world's point of view, but success from the Father's point of view. Thanks be to God that Jesus was faithful and endured the cross. Because you and I now have the ability to come full-fledged, right? To the throne room of grace, as Hebrews explains. Bow down before Him. Meet with Him intimately, one-on-one, and have a relationship with Him that will change the course of your life. (laughs) And it was for the joy that was set before Him. So that helps me understand that because of the joy that was set before Him, what was this joy? like? This What was it? It was you and I. It was me and you. That's what helped Him be faithful and endure the cross. So maybe if you and I begin to live under that same mentality that the joy that is set before us we endure all things. Right? What is set before us? Eternity. What is set before us? Hope right now. What is set before us? Victory over the sin of our life because of who Jesus is. That's what's set before us. That's why we're faithful. That's why we let our yes mean yes and our no mean no. That's why we're honest. That's why we're people of integrity. That's why we're loyal. That's why we're constant. For the joy that is set before us. Right? Jesus was faithful. At the end of my life, at the end of my life, I would rather be faithful than anything else. If someone asks me whether I want to be successful or if I want to be faithful, my answer is faithful. I'm going to read you something real quick. Just, this is just something I ran across as I was studying the past couple of weeks. I've come to realize that though I would like to be successful in every area of my life, if I were really forced to choose, I'd rather be faithful. I would like to say at the end of my life that I have been a faithful spouse, a faithful mother, father, a faithful, uh, faithful to the work that I have been given, to the relationships in my life, to my neighbors, to the poor, and ultimately to my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I just want to challenge you to make that your reality today too because I've begun to use that in my prayer life as I spend time with Jesus. Jesus, just make me faithful. I just want to be faithful, right? At the end of my life, I don't care what all comes and how much success I have if, if I can be faithful to my wife, if I can faithfully raise my kids, right? If I can faithfully uh, serve a congregation that you have given me the ability to serve, if I can faithfully be the fireman that you want me to be, right? Then I'll count it all joy and I'll run the race. Let me be that person. Faithfulness is the essence of God's character. 
It's not something that we can produce. 2 Timothy 2.13 says that even though we fail, God remains faithful. Right? Even in the midst of our failings, God remains faithful. Take that. Deposit it. It's something that you can live by. We can't produce it. Only God can do that. How can we do it? Hebrews 10, 19-25. And we'll be done. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain, that is, through His flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from, the, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is what? Faithful. And let us consider, how else can we do it? Let us consider how we can stir up one another for love and good works. How can we be faithful people? We hold fast to the confession. We hold fast to who Jesus is. We enter into the heavenly realms because it's been offered us through the blood of Jesus Christ. right? And then let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Right? Man, that is a powerful word. How, how am I supposed to live a faithful life? By understanding that the hope that has been given to you in Jesus Christ is yours and it is freely given to you. And hold fast to that confession that you have made that Jesus Christ is King. Right? Hold fast to the ability that you have through Jesus Christ to enter the throne room of heaven and sit at His feet and love Him and learn from Him and ask Him to encourage you and ask Him to give you all that you need for life and godliness and ask Him to help you be a man or a woman or a, a, a child that is faithful in all that you do. How else? Consider how you can stir one another up. Live in community. If you are not in community, you will not be faithful because your definition of success will begin to drive you away, away from faithfulness. Right? Because if you're living and you're isolated by yourself, you cannot, you cannot and will not run the race that is set out before you. It's impossible. It's not how God designed it. Live life with other people. Let them stir you up and you stir them up. Hold fast to the promises that are in Jesus Christ. Ben, you can come on up. Let's pray. God, I pray that in the, in the midst of our lives, Lord, where we find ourselves today, that we realize that, that faithfulness is, uh, is so much more than success. That if we are faithful to what you have called us to, what you have given us, that success will be a product of faithfulness. God, I pray that you would help that ring true in our hearts and our minds and our souls today. God, I pray with all of my heart that if there is anybody in this room who doesn't know you and doesn't understand the grace that has been freely given to them through Jesus Christ, that they would not leave our meeting together today without confessing that. Because 
Only in living out that truth can we truly understand what it means to be faithful. And our world needs to see more than anything in the world a group of people understanding what it means to be faithful, living out a faithful, devoted life to you, to their spouse, to their children, to their calling. God, I pray that we would be people that are agents of change in the world that we live in. Lord, that we wouldn't take our, our, our faith lightly. God, that we would actually begin to believe that your word was, was given to us so that it could change us and transform us by the renewing of our mind. God, would you change our hearts this morning? Would you make us people that are faithful, that are trustworthy, and that are all that you have called us to be? For your glory, God. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.